Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. This show is where Dr. Jason Deitch and myself, Jeff Langmaid, give you a front row seat to our conversations with the current influencers, future leaders, and fantastic people involved in our profession. Hey, Smart Chiropractors, welcome to the Smart Chiropractor Show and our featured guest segment. On today's episode, we have a, a friend and business partner, I should say, of myself and somebody Jason's known for quite a while as well, Nick Lancaster of AOMZ Diagnostics. We're going to be discussing everything around functional spinal imaging. I want to give full disclosure, I am involved in AOMZ Diagnostics, and I wanted to use this as an opportunity to really showcase what we're up to and have Nick on to discuss what I think is one of the most exciting opportunities within imaging. We'll get to all that and more. Nick, thanks for coming on and chatting with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. I want to kick it off right at the top. For anybody who's not familiar, when I say the words functional spinal imaging or AOMZ diagnostics, uh, what are we up to? What does this mean? Is it an x-ray, an MRI? How would you define it? When we're talking about functional spinal imaging, we're talking about specifically vertebral motion analysis. Uh, we abbreviate that as VMA, not the video music awards, but uh, but seeing that spine in motion, right? And, and so we talk about, you know, the, the x-ray is great, the MRI is great for identifying those particular challenges while a patient is still, right, and not moving. But what happens when that patient is moving, right? When they, when they fully bend, when they fully flex forward and fully flex backward, as we all know, you know, we don't live our lives just sitting and standing in, in static motion. So what we do with, with AOMZ diagnostics and some of the functional spinal imaging is we start to evaluate what happens when a patient does flex forward and flex backward. So that's where we have the vertebral motion analysis that allows us to gather all of that data in between those movements and really plug in that data for practitioners so that they have the best information to make the best treatment decision for patients. I'm fascinated by it. Uh, obviously, I think every chiropractor knows the importance of vertebral motion, um, but is this a technology that chiropractors should be using sort of day-to-day -day in their practice, or is it specific for you know documenting cases of some kind, or how, how should practicing chiropractors think about this technology? Yeah, that's a, a great question, uh, Jason. And, and, and we have practitioners that will use it uh, really on a case-by-case -case basis, right? And, and so a lot of our practitioners will uh, utilize this, um, you know, a lot of times to supplement their flexion extension x-ray. You know, a lot of uh, providers, depending on the provider type, right, might take a flexion extension on every patient. Uh, so we have providers that will do that. And if they see any type of instability and, and any unstable challenge that might be there, uh, they'll order a VMA at that time. For those providers that may not have x-ray in-house um, or they, you know, choose to, to utilize the VMA for every uh, flexion extension film, uh, we have those as well. So uh, it really varies. You know, it depends on the practitioner, how they like to uh, to practice. The data is is really invaluable. Um, and what we talk about from the instability side is, is really functional uh spinal stenosis and, and some of that clinically significant instability, right? We all know that if somebody's unstable and, and they're to the point where they might need a, hopefully they never do, but they might need a surgical intervention, that's one side of the equation that really we, we don't necessarily touch all that often. But what we do talk about quite a bit is that functional motion, right? The, the, the motion that's occurring uh, that is abnormal 
what we call clinically significant that's causing some of those challenges. And so, you know, it really varies on how those practitioners uh, will utilize the VMA. We have some that, that do it on every patient. We have some that, you know, do it on a, on a case-by-case basis. That's fantastic. I know, Nick, you and I came across this technology when we were both together in an orthopedic group. It got us excited. For the docs out there that are listening, watching, this is their first time hearing about it. I'd love it if you just would trace it back to where did this technology start? How was it originally utilized? And maybe uh, from your point of view, what got us excited about bringing this to conservative care providers? The technology was actually founded in the orthopedic and neurosurgical space, and and that's where we were first introduced into it, uh, really to determine the difference between, hey, do I need to do a decompression surgery, right, Uh, uh, you know, essentially a surgery that uh, relieves compression off of the disc and not a decompression as we know it as as chiropractors, but a decompression uh, that is a surgery that doesn't use hardware or do I need to do a fusion, right? Put in rods and screws and things like that. Um, so that's where the, the technology was founded in the uh, orthopedic and neurosurgery space. It's got about 10 years worth of uh, literature that goes through the specificity, accuracy, and reliability of the data that comes out of this study. And so that's where it was founded upon. And uh, when, when we first uh, looked at it and, and I was first introduced into it, uh, there was a whole realm of possibilities that the surgical aspect really only touches a portion of it. Uh, so from our standpoint, looking at it, um, you know, certainly from understanding decompression to fusion surgery is great. Uh, but from the, the motion analysis and certainly from the functional uh, side of the imaging component, uh, we saw a world of opportunity with the conservative care providers, because as we all know, right, uh, patients come into our offices uh, that might have, you know, an x-ray or an MRI that has minimal findings, but they're still in pain. They're having shooting pains when they're, you know, walking around and and when they're moving, but when they sit or they lie down, that pain goes away. Uh, Well, without the VMA, the the, the MRIs and the x-rays aren't picking up that uh, that instability that might be encroaching on the facet or one of those nerves that causes the patient pain. So that's one of the things that we looked at and and really uh, saw a great opportunity for providers to utilize for the patient's benefit. Right now we have the answers to those questions that they're asking of, Doc, why do I hurt when I start to move around? But my, my imaging has come back, um, you know, fairly clean. Now we have an, an opportunity to, to discuss. And, and more importantly, now the providers have a clinical direction as far as, wow, this is what the data is showing. Uh, and here's the next uh, course of action for us from a treatment side. So that's fascinating. Nick, can you get into the economics of it all? Is this uh, a low cost type of a, uh, I guess, analysis that, you know, can be used to show people so that they understand the need for chiropractic care? Or is this more of a high cost uh, type of a procedure that really is limited to, you know, insurance reimbursement or personal injury? Or how, how do the economics of this work? Do, do, do patients pay? Do insurance companies pay? Well, well, how should doctors think about in- integrating this into their care plans? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great question there, Jason. And and really, from from our standpoint, it, it lies right on on par with what an MRI would be, right? And so, uh, insurances are paying for this. We have a lot of um, you know auto accident patients that come in, but we also have a lot of major medical as well. So, uh, so I would think of it as you know similar on the cost perspective of what an MRI would be for your patients, and uh, and a lot of times that's what we say as well for those providers that are asking, hey. When, when is the best t- 
time for me to order this particular scan right about that time in which, you know, you have the data that's collected on your particular patient and you're, you might be ordering out for an MRI or you may have already had an MRI and you have some information. Uh, that's going to be the best time for us to order on the, the VMA, the vertebral motion analysis there. That makes sense. And I'd love for you to just get super brass tacks on this, Nick. Differences between x-ray, VMA, and MRI. The docs out there listening, Super familiar with x-ray, super familiar with MRI. I know you and I speak to docs every day, all day, and VMA is a new concept to them. If they're listening or watching and they're not able to visually see it right now, what's the difference between a, a proper x-ray, a VMA, and a traditional MRI? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what we talk about is the VMA is complementary and not competitive over an x-ray and MRI. Right. And so what we mean by that is it's not going to negate any findings or replace anything that you're going to have from an X-ray or an MRI. We, we typically, as everybody knows, the X-ray is going to show all of your bony material. Right. You're going to see your fractures. You're going to see uh, anything that might be going on uh, from the bone side. The MRI, really a lot of your disc material, right? Herniated discs, uh, things like that. Those tissues are going to be shown on uh, the MRI as we all know and love it. The x-ray is really going to show the ligaments and the vertebral bodies. We measure three things with the, the VMA. We measure translation, angulation, and disc height. So within that, the VMA is really showing all of that translation that takes place, the angulation, so how those vertebral bodies sit on top of each other, and the disc cuts. So again, as you can imagine, you know, we used to practice with some providers that said, hey, I, you know, you can have uh, fleas analyze, right? You can have a bulge disc and you can also have, you know, a fracture. Those things are, are entirely independent of each other. And so that's what we talk about as well of your instability is really not going to uh, negate any findings that you may have on, a, on an MRI or certainly from the x-ray standpoint, but it's additional data uh, that is driving that, that clinical decision-making for providers there as well. So more information for providers to make the best decision on that. Nick, I'm just curious if you can get, you know, more specific in terms of, you know, what are some of the common findings that you find and, uh, and what's the benefit of those findings? Is this for doctors to provide, you know, more accurate, better, safer care? Uh, is it for, uh, court cases to document and make sure there really is an issue uh, that couldn't be found on, you know, x-ray or MRI? Is it for patients to recognize, wow, I see my problem now, I should stay with this? Um, any, what are the most common things you're finding and what are the most common benefits uh, from finding them? Uh, some of the most common things that, that we see uh, is really going to be that, that clinically significant instability. Uh, and more often than not, that comes through from a personal injury case. The majority of the work that we utilize is, you know, auto, auto accidents, right? And typically, when, when patients uh, have an auto accident, they've got some sort of traumatic event. And, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, neck or low back. We only work on cervical or lumbar. Um, but a lot of the findings that we will, will show are going to be that, that translation. So we provide the data for the clinicians. Uh, we don't necessarily provide, hey, here's a, a, a bulge disc, or hey, this is an unstable spine. Um, we utilize that data. Uh, for example, they might have two and a half millimeters of translation uh, in the, the cervical area at a particular level. Well, to us, you know, what that is going to indicate is that, okay, 
there is some uh, nerve compression that might be taking place. And, and so that is a point of uh, emphasis for us and certainly something that the provider would take a deeper look at. And uh, so we see a lot from the translation side of things of how those bones are moving uh, within that particular vertebral body. That's probably the most common uh, thing that, that we find. And that's going to be with your auto accident patients. And a lot of times what happens is, you know, you're going to have that particular uh, patient that has had the MRI they've had their x-ray it does come back you know relatively uh clean they might have a bulge on a herniation but their symptoms just aren't aligning with what the diagnostic the current diagnostic testing is showing so that's where a providers want to order that vma and that's where we're going to see you know more often than not that that clinically significant instability is causing that nerve compression which is causing the, the radiating pain so it's not necessarily a specific diagnosis that we look at. Uh, we do provide that data, which allows us to be entirely objective from our side uh, and certainly helps out the providers as well because of the objectivity in that scan. And it's not relying upon uh, you know, a subjective finding, if you will. Uh, that data is, is true and reliable for providers to, to make the best uh, clinical decision based off of those findings. Yeah, that data is powerful because one of the things that you know stood me up straight when I heard the stat was 30% false negative rate on flexion extension x-rays. And to think about 30% of the patients that you're seeing on a day in and day out basis, if you're shooting FlexX, you might be missing those findings between neutral, full flexion and extension. And being able to gather that information has been incredibly powerful. And we've seen it through the practices that we've been involved with. As we wrap up today, for those docs listening and watching that would love to learn more about AMZ Diagnostics and Vertebral Motion Analysis. Nick, where would you direct them? Yeah, the best best place is our website. Um, you know, you can go to our website, www.amzdiagnostics.com. Uh, in there, you'll see all sorts of information as far as on the clinical side of things, how to order it for patients, uh, and also, you know, some more information about us as well. We have some some different models in which we can actually uh, bring the technology to your office, make it as easy as possible on the patients there. Um, and again, you'll be able to see all of those uh, literature articles. You'll actually be able to see some of the motion studies uh, as well on our website. So the best best way to uh, to reach us and, and get some more information is www.aomzdiagnostics.com. Sweet. I will be sure to drop that link below. Thanks so much for coming on today and chatting, Nick. I know there are so many docs out there that have shot x-rays in the past. Maybe they've ordered some MRIs on the occasion, but having something complimentary that shows the spine in motion while weight-bearing can definitely be a powerful addition. And docs, I'm going to encourage you, if you're interested in learning more, click that link down below, amzdiagnostics.com. And Nick, thanks again for coming on and chatting with us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. Join us again next week for another episode and leave us a review when you have a moment. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Chiropractor. The Smart Chiropractor can deliver more new patients, better retention, and more consistent reactivations to your practice without spending any money on paid advertising. Learn more and get started today at thesmartchiropractor.com.